Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Ben in LA and Gary in Santiago. Welcome, guys, and let's dive straight into it. So, football moment of game week uh, 35 plus. Gary, I'm going to come to you first. Well, we've, we've just seen it about half an hour ago. It was the goal machine, Dominic Solanke, uh, bashing two goals past Leicester. Um, so uh, it was. We were we were kind of we were kind of talking about this um, on the, on our chat on our WhatsApp chat, um, and we, we had this thing a few weeks ago about which which players kind of are, are suddenly going to become really good now that, that there's no one in the stadium watching them. But um, Solanke, we were like every every one of the ones we'd mentioned had scored except Solanke, and I think Ben messaged, "Oh, Solanke's so bad, he's awful." And then next thing <laughs> I saw, he'd scored. I switched it on quickly to try and see what his goal looked like, and then he was in it again and scoring again. So, yeah, I was just watch him go. Thirty uh, ninth game for Bournemouth, I believe, in the Premier League, and two goals now. Well done, Solanke. And it wasn't. Yeah, how many shots has he had uh, without scoring? I think it's a ridiculous amount, isn't it? I think it said he only had 38 shots in 39 games. So, so it's, I know 38's still an awful lot of shots, but um, yeah, well, now he'll be, uh, watch the floodgates open. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if none of our listeners believe us, uh, re-listen to episode 66 and <laughs> you'll, you'll hear us talk about Dominic Solanke for no, for no apparent reason. <laughs> Wasn't, was that a map pick? Solanke it was just... a map pick, yeah. Uh, Five point yeah. one million, yeah. And he's okay. got he's got City next, so that's a great fixture. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ben? What was your football moment of the week? Uh, my football moment was as a United fan, really great weekend with Chelsea and, and Leicester dropping points, and just the manner in which they dropped points has been especially pleasing. I mean, Sheffield United took Chelsea apart. Um, really comical defending from their centre-backs. And then, and then today, Leicester also with, with a lot of comical defending. Um, I like to think I played my part because um, this week, FPL-related, I brought in kind of the talisman for, for each team, Pulisic and Vardy, in, a, in an attempt to curse them. And it kind of worked, so you know, <laughs> not good for my FPL team, but good for good for my real my real life football team. You're thinking of the bigger picture, and that's yeah, that's small sacrifice to play. Yeah, right? yeah, that's big stuff. Um, my my football of the moment of the week was similar to Gary's, from one miss miss shooting striker to another. Who would have thought that McGoldrick, David McGoldrick? And Dominic Solanke in the same game, game week would get a brace each. Um, but yeah, David McGoldrick, 40, 42 shots, no goals. And then, yeah, with his 43rd, he finally gets his goal. And I think possibly even a nicer moment than Solanke because McGoldrick has worked so hard all season. And for some, yeah some reason they keep playing him but he's finally got his goals and part of that that great performance against Chelsea like you said Ben what about... yeah first Premier League goals at age 32 I think wow yeah I mean to be fair to him he hasn't been in the Premier League before <laughs> so that's that's fair enough what about FPL moments of the week Gary what was your FPL moment well um I, I've 
I've always loved Mikel Antonio um, from right back in the early days when I was on the, the Leppings Lane end when he scored the goal against Wickham that sent Sheffield Wednesday up to, to the championship. Um, so he was always one of my favourite players. And uh, last week, I think Ben actually recommended him on the pod, but I took a bit of a punt and put him into my team. And yeah, away at Norwich, four goals. I mean, incredible. It's, uh, it, it must be one of the biggest point hauls for, for a midfielder to score four goals. It must be one of the biggest point hauls in the game. And he's kind of single-handedly keeping my team in touch with um, Ben and Duncan and Matt, who'd, who'd all opened up kind of a 50-60 point cushion on me. So, um, yeah, no, I, do, I, do, I do love Antonio as a player. He's actually... He's always had this kind of explosive pace and a good shot and like dribbling as a winger. But now this new role with him playing kind of through the centre, um, he's kind of getting into more dangerous positions. And he's, he's always been really difficult to mark in the box. He's not the tallest, but he's got a great leap on him. And he's got such a kind of powerful upper body that he often just give him half a yard in the box and he'll outjump his marker, even if the defender is is taller than him. And I think at least two of the goals against Norwich were just crosses into the box, congested six-yard box, and he was the one who just managed to to find that half a yard of space and nod it in. So uh, I will be sticking with him for the uh, for the last three weeks, I think. Gary, has his, has his game changed much since Wednesday? Uh, well, he was very much an out-and-out winger for Wednesday. We never, we never really played him through the middle, or maybe only a, a handful of times. But he was, he, you could see he had this explosive pace and this really powerful shot, and he was a really dangerous player. But he was maybe his decision making wasn't great, and people used to get frustrated with him a little bit. Um, then he he went from us to Forest. I think he had two or three more seasons at Forest. But I knew when. When West Ham signed him, it'd be a good signing. And he, he took a little while to get started at, at West Ham. But now he's he's even one of those players who's... I think he, he was on the verge of an England call-up recently. But he is he is something a bit different. And he's a really... He's, um, as I say, he's, he's he's good in the air. He's, he's kind of very strong. He's also got that pace. Uh, he's, if his finishing was a bit more clinical, he would be a top top quality player. But yeah, he, he, he's sometimes a bit wasteful, I guess, still is his, is his problem. He um, stats-wise, going into this game week, he was top for expected goal involvement, so goals or assists uh, since the restart. So um, you've got to you've got to imagine he's probably still going to be top of that after this game week as well, um, and so yeah, cheap I, as well. I, I watched the uh, I watched the highlights of that game against Norwich as well. Like Cruel did a really good save from Antonio before he scored his first goal, and he also had a header near the end which he put over. So I, I think looking at it, he had he had nine shots in the game, six of them on target. It, it's like it's not an exaggeration to say he could have scored five or six. He was, uh, yeah, he was all he was all over Norwich. Oof! Thank God he didn't score five or six. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you also, you also had Jesus as well, didn't you? Yeah, so, I, so again, I'm in this tricky position now where I've got to catch Wall up and I can't really pick. So I've, I've, I've resisted the temptation to bring in Bruno Fernandes just because everybody else has him. Um, so partly going for Antonio was this, I just needed a bit of a punt. So I've, I went for Antonio and for Decore. And Decore hasn't worked at all, but Antonio has. Jesus, again, was just, um, yeah, it was my transfer this week. Um, so I subbed out Jimenez, so I've lost a couple of points on on that, but but obviously Jesus was better. Um, and 
annoyingly, I have Troy Deeney as my first sub. Uh, I'm still, still living in hope that uh, one of my Man U players isn't going to play tomorrow because that, that's another 13 points. Irritatingly sat on my bench while my other two Watford players are stinking out my team with, with two points apiece. You have a, you have a Roman size clean sheet too. Yeah, so Watford have screwed me over here. They've, <laughs> I, I did think they were going to win these last couple of easy home games, but they've won them in the dodgiest kind of 2-1. With Welbeck getting the goals, that kind of not... Yeah, it's... it's yeah, it's so... Um, but, but yeah, and then Deeney with the two penalties. Again, Newcastle hadn't conceded a penalty all season and suddenly he gets two. Um, but yeah, frustrating. But I'm still just about in touch, thanks to Jesus and, and Antonio. How about you, Ben? What's your FPL moment of the week? <laughs> I don't have one <laughs> right now. I'm hoping I'm hoping there'll be one uh, tomorrow when Manu play Southampton. Um, I can I can talk you through how bad my team is. So um, only 23 points this week uh, with a hit. Um, so yeah, like a big drop in overall rank. I think like 10,000 spots or so. So not too much. Um, but a little bit of self-reflection on my moves. Um, I, I took out Foden because I think he, I was, I believed he wouldn't start, which was true. Um, and then Rashford, Jimenez um, for Pulisic, Greenwood, Vardy. Um, on paper, it seemed like a good move. I, I think I'll, I would have done, probably done a better job sticking with what I already had. Um, but it, that's kind of in hindsight. I think, um, knowing, not knowing what happened this weekend, they seem like sensible moves to me on paper. So yeah, I haven't I haven't beat myself up too much about it because it they did kind of look like obvious moves at the time. Um, so yeah, nothing, no no great point scorers in my team right now. Uh, just Vardy, Doherty, and uh, uh, Martinez got a couple of save points against um, against Spurs. So yeah, not too much to write home about. Um, for for me this week, my FBL moment. This is me, me and Gary just piling in on Ben here. Um, so I I brought in Sterling for a hit this week. Um, so I got rid of Kane, um, Cantwell, um, got rid of them because uh, they were stinking up my team. Brought in um, Vardy and Greenwood uh, and Sterling and Captain Sterling. So. Yeah, had a good week, and uh, now at the top of our league, suddenly, from Ben and Matt being out out in the lead, suddenly it's it's open season between all four of us uh, to see four horse race. Yeah, it's a four horse race for the end of the season. It's exciting, you know. There's still free hits to play. Gary's got his triple captain. Um, do you do you think Gary is favourite because he has triple captain and free hit? Oh no, he uses free hit. Yeah, I yeah. don't have my free hit. What have you have you all used your triple captains? Yeah. Oh yeah. Long yeah. time ago. All right. Okay. I've, well I've got free hit and bench boost. Oh. But bench, bench boost is isn't it great in the single game week. Still. Just something. Yeah, something. Um but it's definitely gonna make an interesting end of the season for all of us. Um so yeah. Um good week for the two of us, bad week for the other two, hopefully. But it all kind of depends on this Man United game uh, tomorrow night, doesn't it? Because uh, Matt and uh, Ben have 
captaincies in that game and three players as well. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still a good 40 points behind um, Duncan Ben, so um, I, it would have to be one of those genius triple captains like like uh, whoever picked Antonio for this week um, to, to pluck out a... Some guy who's about to score a hat trick is is easier said than done, and particularly at this stage of the season when I think a lot of managers are arresting players. I mean, Jesus only got an hour, but fortunately he managed to get fourteen points in his in his hour for Man City uh, against Brighton. Um, should we take a take a break and and come back and and we've got some talking points for the final three game weeks. Okay, Ben, what's your your first topic for us to talk through? My first topic is I wanted to talk a little bit about FA Cup fixture con- congestion. Um, this is the I think uh, probably the the biggest pileup in fixtures till the FPL season ends and impacts um, four teams that I think a lot of FPL players will have plays from. So uh, Man U, Man City. Arsenal and Chelsea um, all have FA Cup games in between game week 36 um, and game week 37. Um, And one thing I I did look at was I wanted to see which teams actually have more days rest in between. And actually, it's it's kind of interesting. Man U, Man City, Arsenal all have similar days rest. So they have like two days off, two full days off in between each game which really is not a lot. Um, Chelsea's the only one that's slightly different where they have four days in between um, their game with Norwich versus their FA Cup uh, tie, and then two days after that. Um, So yeah, interested in what you guys think. Do you think this will mean even more rotation um, in the next game week? Because I think a lot of people are really interested in Man City, Bournemouth, but if they have a FA Cup fixture, um, you know, t- literally three days afterwards, will they will they really go for it? Uh, Manu Palace too. They they have a game uh, FA Cup game straight after that. Um, what do you think? Do you think do you think people will play um, full stream uh, full strength teams in Premier League and rotate in FA Cup, or how are you how are you guys approaching it? I mean, so, what, oh sorry, you go, Gary. Yeah, what well, well, what I'd say is. Um, you're kind of seeing this This five subs has really changed everything. It's been a bit of a game changer. So I think it's really, you're kind of seeing the spine of the team, kind of the guys who don't run as much, the goalkeepers, the centre-backs, maybe the holding midfield player will will play the 90 minutes. But then you can almost rotate out the rest of your team. So I think I think what we'll see is a lot of the players, a lot of the first teams will play, but they'll try to just play an hour. And it'll all be about game management. Like Man City will try and get, two or three goals up against Bournemouth and then just try and slow the game down and maybe take off their their better players. Um, and I'd see I'd see the same for... I mean, it's, it's, it's hardest for Arsenal because they've got Liverpool before the FA Cup semi-final and they're still in the race for Europe. So the, you'd expect for Arsenal this is really tough because they've... You can't you can't have an easy game against Liverpool and you can't really rest players. So unless Arsenal are losing 3-0... And they just think they just give it up. I, I could see Arsenal putting a lot into their game, whereas Man City will coast through the match against Bournemouth. 
I think Pep's also said recently uh, two kind of things on this. He said that the Cups are City's big priority. Um, I don't know, pr- pretty obvious. There's nothing, you know, they're not going to win the league and they're not going to drop out of the Champions League places. But um, he also said recently that uh, that rhythm um, is quite important to kind of the players in the team. And he's noticed with uh, De Bruyne coming on for the final kind of 15, 20 minutes the other day, um, looked quite rusty and didn't have the rhythm um, of the game. And he said that it's important that they still get the minutes to be fresh for the cup games is essentially what he was insinuating. So I think, I think I completely agree with Gary. I don't think that we'll see Man City just play an entirely second strength team against Bournemouth. I think, yeah, I think he'll use those five subs. I completely agree with that. It is tricky though with, with players like um, Sterling uh, who got the 90 minutes in the last game and has tended to feel like you can feel a bit more certain about bringing in a player if you know that they haven't played or haven't started the previous game or got many minutes because then it seems to be, yeah, it's it's more of a an indicator they're going to start. But um, yeah, that's, that's something also to bear in mind. Like Foden is looking more likely to start against Bournemouth having not started the last game. Um, so kind of helps with pep roulette a bit i think yeah the, the only other thing i think is um i have a sneaking suspicion that man U chelsea care a lot more about top four than progressing in the fa cup um so i think man U will actually rotate quite a bit in the fa cup fixture chelsea may not because they have a little bit um but yeah, I, I think that might happen as well. Although I, um, I know I know Matt disagrees with me. <laughs> I guess we, we've all stacked with Man U players as well. And it's not just the FA Cup game because they're playing late this week. So they're going Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday. They're basically just having two days rest in between for four matches in a row. Um, so for, for Man U, that is a real question, I guess, because there's certain players like, like Rashford and Martial... And Fernandez, do do they just keep playing them, or will there be a a rotation in there somewhere? Yeah, I think they'll rotate in FA Cup, and Oli Oli Gunnar Solskjaer may try and do what he's been doing, where you know, hopefully, if we get two or three goals up, he he kind of takes off t- takes off those players like Martial, Rashford, Fernandez. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm more optimistic against Palace with that happening and, and less so against Southampton, but I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Okay. Gary, what's your, what's your next topic for us to, to talk through? Well, I, I was wanting to talk through the dilemma that I, I still have my triple captain available. So I'd, I think it's, well, it's, it's kind of a wider thing about when, if people still have chips, should they use them? Um, so I, to be honest, I think that that previous discussion might have changed my mind as well because I'd, I'd basically I'd been targeting, I'd, I'd just been looking at the Premier League fixtures, and I'd been targeting the Man City Bournemouth game in week thirty six. Um, so coming up next week, thinking right, this is this is nailed on. Bournemouth have been conceding so many goals, Man City have been doing so well, um, but. Yeah, there's there's a little part of me as well that likes to keep the the 
the, the chip up my sleeve till the last week. But particularly this thing with the FA Cup, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly worried with that game that Man City will go 2-0 up and then just take their foot off the gas and they might not rack up a, a 6 or a 7 like, like they, they could do. Uh, so I'll, I'll just talk you through a few of the other games I've seen coming up. That So also in game week 36, I mean, anyone who's playing Norwich basically is, a, is, a, is worth considering. So you've got Chelsea-Norwich. Uh, so in, in game week 36, I think you're looking at either Chelsea-Norwich or Man City-Bournemouth. Game week 37, uh, Man United have West Ham. Uh, but that's just coming off the FA Cup semi-final, as we said. Uh, Norwich have got a slightly easier game. They're playing Burnley. But having, having seen what Antonio did to Norwich, who, who knows if, if Chris Wood or uh, someone could do the same. Then the, the game, the one I've got my eye on now, that I, I don't think I'm going to go in 36, is game week 38, Man City at home to Norwich. Um, and I'm hoping that Man City are just going to, keep the foot to the throttle and say, we've still got Champions League, they might have an FA Cup final. Um, so there might be players in there playing for their place in the team. So I think I'm going to hedge my bets on on Man City Norwich, particularly as City would have had kind of four or five days coming into that match to, to rest. So I, I think it will be a, a strong first eleven. I don't know what others think. Yeah, I'm all for the um, Man City Norwich game in 38. You know, it's it's at home. Norwich are clearly the team who have kind of yeah check, checked out pretty much. It seems it's not like mm. in seasons gone by where teams get relegated and suddenly the pressure's off and they start playing. They haven't started doing that yet. I know they've only just been relegated this week, so we'd, we'd have to see. But this is you know it's a tough fixture. End of last game week of the season as well. Man City. Didn't they knock eight past Watford one year recently? Um, I think they tend to treat it. It becomes even more like a training game, which they're so suited to. So yeah, it, yeah I, I, I was just, take. I was just thinking as well that Norwich beat Man City earlier on in the season, didn't they? Which I think that hurt Man City a bit. So they might, they might want a little bit of revenge as well against Norwich. Yeah, and if if you saw them against Brighton as well, they were just relentless. You know, they'd won the game easily, but they were still pushing until, you know, 85th, 86th minute, um, you know, running like it was a cup final, some of the players. So, yeah, uh, they are just relentless and, and Norwich are the biggest whipping boys around at the moment, I think. Ben, do you have any advice on how I can catch you up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think those, are all, those are all the obvious shouts. Um, I do like the look of... Bournemouth, Southampton for Danny Yings in 37, but probably not as much. I think you definitely want to choose a City player. You just want to figure out their easiest fixture and who, which players are the most nailed. And I think, yeah, probably game week 38 makes the most sense. Although I do like your, your Chris Wood punt. I think that would be a really... Uh, that would Wade. be taking the lead with, with <laughs> a little bit of flair, you know? <laughs> None of these sensible options, you know, a little bit of your own flair over Chris Wood. Yeah, you think that, I mean, the, the advantage of something like that, even though I'm, I'm probably not going to do it, is you'd think that if you figure out who's in the Burnley first 11 for that game, Wood's been injured, so I don't know if Rodriguez has still got the shirt at the moment, but if pick a Burnley player, the, the chances are they've, they've got a better chance of playing 90 minutes, whereas sometimes with City, we're, we're gambling on a good 
good 60 minutes from uh, Mares or uh, De Bruyne. Um, I, wish, I wish I could go along with Ben's tactic here and just, you know, tantalise your maverick tendencies with a, a Burnley striker <laughs> captaincy. But I think he's trying to play you here. I think he's trying to make you go full Gary and you should never go full Gary. Um, uh, yeah. No, Chris, Chris Wood is not capable of doing an Antonio. Don't do it. Okay, well, bear that in mind. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep that up my sleeve now. I, I was dead set on playing the triple captain <laughs> next week, but I, I think I'm going to hang on in there. Okay. Uh, it would be, I mean, you probably get more than just the pride. We probably give you more than just the, the cash for the mini league if you won it with a Chris Wood triple captaincy. <laughs> I don't know what we could give you. Maybe. <laughs> um any suggestions, Ben? No, I think it's just uh, just the the pride and recognition that would come with come with it. <laughs> Maybe we'd all have to give up FBL and only Gary could continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, my talking point, my first talking point is um, this uh, kind of recently on Fancy Football Scout on their kind of podcasts and um, on their website. Uh, Later Riser 12 is one of their uh, authors and he's been featured on the Scoutcast recently. He's had quite a lot of success with his kind of tactic, which is quite in vogue at the moment of basically he has uh, lots of kind of standard players who are fairly lowly priced throughout his team and he just likes to keep them in place. Um, And he switches around his big hitters. That's what he uses his transfers for. Um, so just recently this game week, uh, I think he brought in Sterling and captained him, um, moved out another big hitter, I assume, to bring him in. Um, and he kind of targets, like Gary is looking at for this triple captaincy, he targets these whipping boy teams with a big hitter and brings them in for the captaincy. And so rather than other people who might have your, you know, your Salas and um, KDBs and just leave them in as long as they can all season because they're going to get you the points if you just leave them in. High impact strategy. Um, so that's that's one kind of perspective. And the alternative one that I saw recently uh, was a guy called FPL Swede on Twitter who looked at uh, the number one in FPL going into this game week. He's not the number one anymore, uh, but going into this game week and he was analyzing his season so far. So his name is Joshua Bull um, and he's looking at why he's having a good season. And he's basically doing the opposite of what later Riser 12 was talking about. So um, he's had Vardy the whole season, Pope the whole season, KDB, TAA, uh, Salah uh, for pretty much the whole season. Um, and he's had other players like Ings, which who's opened since game week 14. Um, and Martial, he's owned for a large amount of the season as well. So sticking with those tried and trusted players from er- very early on in the season and then moving those uh, differentials in and out who are possibly lowly priced and switching them. So just which of those kind of strategies do you prefer, basically? It's kind of thinking about next season, really, um, possibly rather than these last three game weeks. But yeah, what do you think, Gary? 
Well, the first I've just I've just clicked on Joshua Bull's team. He he has twenty three points this week, which is the same as Ben, and it's it's not a surprise because he appears to have almost exactly the same team as Ben. So I, I'm wondering if Ben has just um, he's got he's copying acting. me this whole time yes. of just getting in behind <laughs> whoever's top and just copying their team because he he basically got the same eleven. I can see pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think there's a bit of a risk in in just focusing on the the whipping boys because of things like rotation. Uh, I, I think it's always good to have these kind of, what, what do you call it, Duncan, like set and forget kind of players like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Because I remember where, when Leicester were up in second place in the league around Christmas and Trent had that amazing game. It's just some players like him, they're so good, they could get a 20-point haul in any game. Um and you just want them in your team. Um, so I, I think it's it's always good to have four or five kind of stalwarts and then you you kind of have your streaky players that you rotate in and out. But um, I, I guess we all kind of do the same with the... We all, we all have Salah, Mane, De Bruyne, Kane, Aguero, those kind of players. And, and But you can only usually have three, three or four of them. So you always just kind of rotating, rotating whoever's hot at the time and who's got the best fixtures. So I, I guess it's kind of tactics that most people try to follow most of the time. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, yeah I definitely play that way where I'm, I'm trying to, to do... Um, almost a little bit set and forget, although I still think I take way too many hits in the game just because, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to take hits. Uh, the, the only thing I will say is that this last stretch of the season, I think, is better suited if you want to try the the switching in and out big hitters because you have Liverpool who don't really have a lot to play for. And on the other hand, you have Man City who just thrash teams have a really good run of fixtures um and you kind of need to switch big hitters with them because pet you know rotates his team like essentially every game um so i can see how that is appealing for this specific stretch of the season um but i think it, it like gary said i think it it's a lot more risky over the course of the whole season right to get it right every time um, which I think is why most FPL players try and do the more kind of conservative uh, way of, of like playing with their team. I think that makes perfect sense because, yeah, you you don't want to you know hamper your team value and all that kind of stuff and just mess up your team completely without a dead end in sight. So, you know, yeah, you might have to take you know hits here, hits there, but at the end of the season, you say. I'm only going to be left with this team for three, four game weeks. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I think part of the thrill of fantasy football for me is getting on a player as well, someone like a bit left field just before everyone else does it. And I think that's the bit that's the most satisfying sometimes. So, like, I had this with the Tielemans last year or this this year, like, bringing in Antonio. Like, um, I brought him in the week before last, so he, he didn't do anything last week. But, um, I, and I think, I think, Last week, Ben mentioned like the Magnus Carlsen, the, the chess master, who's currently sixth in the league. And you can see that the top 15 or so in the overall league. It's incredible this week that you've got a massive disparity in points. I, I guess some of the ones with low points have gone with a Man U captain. So they, they're still waiting for the captain to play. But it's almost the guys who went Man City captain and Antonio have all got 80, 90 points. And the guys who didn't have Antonio 
um, and have got a Man United captain. If if Man United don't have a good game next week, they they could only have thirty points this uh, this week. So it's 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 even at the top. There's a big like one player like Antonio can make a a big difference. Um, but one one last thing to say on this is that I'm not sure if I, if I was Joshua Bull or one of these other guys, I'm not sure I could take this, the the tension. It's it's too it's bad enough just competing with the four of you on the pod. I feel terrible when I make a mistake. But if if you were leading the league by like 30, 40 points, like Joshua Bull, and then suddenly you see all these guys with Antonio, like every single match you'd be watching thinking, oh no, I don't have Vardy. I don't have Antonio. I don't have this. Everybody's catching me. You, you, you just feel like you've got a, a target on your back. Everyone's shooting at you. You know, you'd think if you felt like that, and I would totally agree, I would I'd be a mess <laughs> if I was in a position to win it. But this guy has still got his second wildcard to play. He's taken no hits all season. He is as cool, as cool as a cucumber. So, is he still alive? Yeah, that's true. Is he, though? <laughs> he's just had all these players in his team because he's a dead team. <laughs> wow, uh, the Iceman. Yeah, he is the Iceman. Um, okay, Ben, what's your next talking point? Yeah, I want to talk about a little bit about Liverpool. Um I don't think you have any of their players, right, Duncan? But I, I think a couple Trent. teams. Trent. Oh, you have Trent. Yeah, a couple. A couple teams have you know Trent, Mane, Salah, um, and I think the game against Burnley. They, I mean, they had a lot of chances, but an, another defensive slip up. Um, Liverpool have Arsenal next, and then Chelsea, but um, no FA Cup fixtures to worry about. Do you think they still care? Or not. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of what I'm debating. I think I'll probably keep my Liverpool players. My guess is they, they will go full strength against Arsenal um, and have the opportunity to, to score a couple against Arsenal. But it does seem that they don't really... And we talked about this, I think, maybe two pods ago. Like, don't really have the same level of motivation or intensity, especially defending... Um, so yeah, with people with big hitters in, in Liverpool, uh, Liverpool players, do you think they should get rid or just stick with them till the end of the season? I hmm. yeah, I'm left with Trent in my team, and uh, I think he will be staying in my team because you know he can score a free kick. He's on corners. Um, he can get assists and stuff like that. But also, it's a slightly a waste of a transfer because who are you going to bring in as a defender? No one's really shining at the moment. Um, yeah, I think the fixtures aren't great as well. Arsenal uh, have looked a bit more solid defensively recently under Arteta. Chelsea are, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal defensively aren't the best, but they are still uh, teams in the top half of the league and teams with stuff still to play for. And so the fixtures aren't brilliant. And yeah. I definitely think that Liverpool's edge has gone slightly. Um, there's also a bit of rotation in. Uh, Trent was dropped this week. Uh, Jones is getting minutes. Um, I don't know. We might see Harvey Elliott a bit more. Um, so, yeah. Also, Henderson's injury is uh, is going to affect them uh, defensively and offensively. I think he's a big player for them So, and their captain. So maybe that even takes more of their edge away. I would I would say though on the other hand that they I mean they did give Salah and Mane ninety minutes each against Burnley. They were obviously still trying to win that game 
Um, they, they, they've got players like like Minamino, who you'd you think, oh, they might want to try and bed him in for next season, but he's he's barely got a minute since the restart. Um, Origi just had one one start, I think. Um, they've they've gone with a lot of the the main guys. Yeah, okay, Trent was rested for this one game, but it, I, I think. Yeah, they, I mean, they brought him off the bench to try and win the game. And other than that, he's played every, started every game, I think, other than the last game. So um, I do think they still want to keep winning because I think winning's a habit and it's um, it, it will stand them in good stead for next season if um, they go to Arsenal and Chelsea when they, Arsenal and Chelsea are still going for Europe and there's a lot riding on the game. If they, if they think, oh, yeah, we went, we went to Arsenal and we beat them 3-0, a couple of months ago it is it's the kind of thing that would would help them but but yeah I, I guess there's that like that kind of psychological thing that um it's yeah you're, you're you're giving it everything you've got but it's not it's not got that same hype that it had when they were still chasing the title yeah i i think i'll, I'll probably keep salah for those reasons and it did seem like Klopp was a bit angry <laughs> He said the uh, the Burnley draw felt like a loss. So um, I think if if it also depends on your team. I think if you you have more pressing areas, then it's probably fine. I think to kind of leave your Liverpool players in. Yeah, I mean, I I have Mane, and um, the the obvious move, I guess, would be to take him out for Sterling, and then. I'd have three Man City, but then would would I be slightly putting too many of my eggs in one basket if suddenly. City only win 2-0, but, but Liverpool, like Mane and Salah, we know how good they are. They could still score a hat-trick any week. So it's, it's a tricky one. Are there captaincy options for any of those three game weeks, do you think? I guess only the... I, I, I'd probably go City because I think City are going to smash someone, but they've got Liverpool the last game of the season. That might be a... Um, Newcastle. Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle, sorry, Liverpool got Newcastle last game of the season, and they, if 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 the hundred point target is still in in sight, they might want to sign off with a a drubbing. You, you imagine Newcastle will park the bus, so it's just a matter of how how well they park the bus. Not well recently. <laughs> Gary, what's your next talking point? Um, so I was just kind of going back a few weeks. We, we, we kind of speculated on what, what football would be like without fans. So it'd be just interesting to get a few reflections of what what people think has been different. I mean, just a couple of things from, from me. First has been, I'm looking at the form table since the, the restart. And um, Leicester are hovering just above the relegation zone of the, the form table. Um, they, they've had a shocking restart. So... It may be that one or two teams, seen Norwich have been the worst, and they they were pretty bad before the restart. But again, with Norwich, I kind of felt that like that compact ground at Carrow Road and the fans maybe lifted them a little bit, and so they were getting the odd home result. Whereas now they're just abject. Um, and then the second thing we talked about was yeah, these these strikers who they go on a bad run of form. And you think, oh, their heads dropped. They've lost all confidence. Well, they've all suddenly started scoring goals now. So we we mentioned um, Solanke. What was it? 38 games for Bournemouth. 16 of them starts. Hadn't scored. McGoldrick, 20 starts and six sub-appearances this season. Hadn't scored. Suddenly got two. 
Ben Teki, not exactly pr- prolific, got his second goal of the season last week. He's he's played twenty four games. And the, the worldie from Che Adams, uh, my tip at the start of the season for great things. So te- 10 starts, 16 sub-appearances, and he uh, smashed that one in from 40 yards past City. So, um, yeah, I, I think we have seen the, the, the under pressure, like the lacking confidence strikers have used this as a, as a reset. And um, they, they've all scored pretty much every, every criticised striker who wasn't scoring goals. Even Danny Welbeck has scored a goal. So, um yeah, that, that, that's a couple of reflections on on how things have changed a little bit. Do, do you think we can pick the next the next one out of that group um, who who hasn't scored yet, but might by the end of the season? Does anyone that, have? That's who hasn't scored yet. That's interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the strikers now and seeing if I can <laughs> find uh, who's the, the striker with most points who hasn't scored a goal. I wonder. Um, I'm scrolling down. I mean, Pookie has... Vidra scored two. Pookie has completely fallen off the cliff. I don't know what happened to him. Mm. Um, He's been been rolling down the hill for quite a while, though, hasn't he? Yeah. I think one thing that, for me, that I've noticed since the restart uh, is Dominic Calvert-Lewin, how he was kind of the FPL darling just before uh, the break. Um, he was in really nice form. And then since we come back, it's a sea of twos and a one in there as well. Um, he's just, yeah, his form has, has disappeared completely. And he was in a lot of people's teams, I think, still uh, when they brought in their second wild card. Um, so maybe, maybe it was just a bit of, you know, a, f- a form rather than a, you know, he's now established in the Premier League. Mm. I, I just, just to answer the previous question, I, I can't see an obvious striker who's played a lot of minutes. Um, like Muto for Newcastle is one on zero. I think he's, he's taken, taken part in eight or nine games and not scored, but he's only really just been out of a few minutes here, a few minutes there. I think, I think all the strikers now who've, who played a, a chunk of time, seem to have scored a goal. Like, Igalo hasn't scored in the league for Man U. Well, he's, he's only played 86 minutes over uh, eight or nine games. Well, I, I would like Calvert Lewin to start scoring again. He's 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 on, in my team, although I just bench him every week at this point. Uh, I think maybe maybe time to get rid based on that form. Villa at home. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Villa just won, didn't they? Looked pretty yeah, good as well. True. Yeah. Um, next thing I wanted to ask you guys is, outside of the current top five, who is the team that you're backing for the final three game weeks of the season? So ignoring your Man Cities and your Man Uniteds, um, yeah, who are you going to back? Ben, I'm backing. Reckon? I'm backing Southampton. A bit scared of them tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but after that, they have Brighton. I mean, shocking defensively uh, this past weekend. Um, then they have Bournemouth, also really suspect at the back. Nathan Ake now injured. Um, and then their final fixture, a, a bit more difficult, Sheffield United. Um, I think what impresses me about Southampton is, even though they have nothing to play for, they, they're still playing really well. 
and seem really up for all their games. So um, why? That's what I don't understand. Th- why? I don't know. Um, I maybe it's Hasenhutl. Just is really good at man management and, and getting them motivated. I it's a mystery to me. Um, but yeah, I don't have Danny Ings, and he's he's definitely someone I'm looking at. Um, maybe for the last couple game weeks. But agree with you, Duncan. Why? <laughs> just why? Just go on the they, beach. They they are a team in the past who I'm pretty sure have got on their flip flops out and have got on the beach for the you know once they're safe and kind of mid table. But I, I guess he he likes to it's the Hassan Hustle hustle, isn't it? As Andy coined, he likes them to press high, and if you're playing in that style, then you can't really stay in the team if you don't do what he's asking you to do. They've got quite a nice squad as well, haven't they, Southampton as well? Like, they, I mean, Che Adams came in and scored a goal the other week, but they also have like Long and they seem to have like people like Redmond and Armstrong who come in and out of the team. They all, they're all kind of much of a muchness. They don't seem to have like any star players, but the, the guys, if they do rotate the team a bit, it, it doesn't seem to get any worse. Yeah, yeah, they've got a good kind of squad, a kind of even squad in terms of quality. There's not a huge kind of drop-off. Um, and, of course, they've got the hero that is Shane Long. Um, yeah. What do you reckon, Gary? Who's your team outside the top five? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to stick on the Antonio bandwagon. I think I'm going to go with, with West Ham. They've got... Um, they're still kind of on the fringe of the relegation fight. It's kind of good for the league that um, Bournemouth and Villa won today, but it also means that Watford and West Ham need to need to be on their games for the last three three matches. And um, West Ham have got Watford at home, Man United away, obviously a tough fixture. Um, but even that's coming after the FA Cup semi-final and then Villa at home. So, yeah, they've got a couple of six-pointers in there and... A tricky game away at, at Old Trafford. Um, I think Antonio is really the standout. If you just look at um, points per game, he's on four and a half points per game, and he's only at seven million, so he's a, a decent price. Um, but another guy who was quite involved in the game, the four nil, without getting an assist, but uh, he, he looked very lively. Is Jared Bowen? Um, he's six point four million. Uh, he since the restart he's got three assists, and he had a very good goal scoring record, kind of cutting in off the wing when he played for Hull City. So um, he's another one that's quite interesting. I mean, you'd have to be a brave man to go with a West Ham defence, or may- maybe Fabianski, as you called last week, Duncan, just because he might get clean some sheet. save points. Got a clean yeah, sheet. he did. <laughs> um, and at home to Watford, and at home to. Um, and the other game, which has just escaped me, then Villa, uh, Villa, Villa, <laughs> Villa, Villa, yeah, Villa. Then yeah, he might he might have a chance to to double that. So yeah, I'd, I'd keep a keep a sneaky eye on West Ham. I think that's fair enough, but I think those fixtures they look nice. You know, two home games against two relegation threatened team, but they're going to be dogfights, aren't they? You know, West Ham, Watford, West uh, Watford now kind of recovering a bit of form with. Dini smashing a couple of penalties as hard as he possibly can uh, straight down the middle. And Villa now, you know, they've picked up a win finally. Like, they're not going to be walkovers, you'd imagine, like Norwich was. Um, but, yeah, they, they do seem pumped up, and especially Antonio. So, I like that shout. 
Um, my team, I think, uh, is Sheffield United. I think they start. They kind of came back to the season after the restart, and they looked a bit sluggish and off the pace. But recently, they've picked up a bit of form, um, and defence is kind of getting personnel back. O'Connell's back, and less of their kind of second string featuring in the first team. And they're coming up against a Leicester team who are now uh, missing players because of... So Soyuncu is going to be suspended, I'm sure. Um, and I think there's been some injuries in there because their their back line has kind of changed kind of drastically over the last two game weeks. Um, you know, Fuchs has been playing, Chill Hill's out. Uh, they haven't had Pereira since the restart. Um, and now they've lost Soyuncu. Um, so it's going to be a pretty patched up back line. And although they've got a lot to play for still, I think, um, you know, they just conceded four to Bournemouth. So that's not a great look. Um, then Sheffield United have Everton, who are struggling to score uh, goals and are starting to concede now as well. You know, they've got problems at the back. They're playing uh, Baines uh, and Dina. Dina was having an absolute nightmare, giving away a penalty. Um, they, I think they had an injury to Mina as well, and they've already got problems with Holgate. So, uh, yeah, they're, they've got problems at the back as well. So, nice for D- Sheffield Duncan, United. Duncan, can I, can I ask, is this a big build-up to you saying that you're, you're about to bring in McGoldrick? It sounds <laughs> like it's okay. You know, it's all about the high-impact move. He is now a big hitter, so I'm going to bring him in and captain him. Uh, and then on the last game, at Southampton. So, hopefully... Southampton will be tired out by that point. But yeah, Sheffield United are my pick. I think who I'd pick from that team, um, I mean, it's weird to say it, but um, maybe offensively is better than defensively because Leicester still have Vardy who's still scoring goals. But uh, Leicester and Everton are, are teams with problems at the back at the moment. So maybe, you know, you do take a punt on McBurney or... McGoldrick, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of those two. I mean, uh, it's it's pretty out there, isn't it? But if you just want to have a bit of fun, then that's something that no one else will be doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to be sensible, you can you can stick with one of their Lundstroms or Stevens. Stevens has been getting a, a few attacking returns since I dropped him recently, so he's a good shout. Okay. Um, should we take a break and when we come back we can have a look at the listeners league and see how you guys are getting on and then uh, we've got two free transfers for the joint team and we have to try and catch Andy before the end of the season Okay, Gary, how how is how are things in the listeners' league? Uh, well, so we, we've been talking a bit about Ben's woes. This is this is before the Manu players play, but I, I, I'm pretty sure for nearly every team in the league, it's before the, the three Manu players play. So Ben's dropped down from fourth to seventh, and Duncan, you're right. Up, you've you've jumped up from nineteenth to eighth. Um, but yeah, above. Above Ben, a few of the stalwarts we've had through the season. Rui de Oliveira in sixth, uh, Walter Merkican in fifth, Kevin Miles in fourth, DC in third, Harry Quinn in second. I think Harry Quinn has been top for a lot of the season, hasn't he? But we've got Dave Haskins with Goodnight Irene. Uh, he's currently got a 26-point cushion at the top. 
um, Fernandez as captain, um, and Harry Quinn, who's, who's following him, has got uh, Martial as captain. So um, they're, they're the guys at the top at the moment. Um, game week points, the, the best score so far this... Uh, so. Duncan, you're right up there in third, uh, alongside me, also in third. But above us, there's uh, in second is Captain Hitsugaya uh, with 73 points. And in first place is Brandon Krebs-White with Dumb It Down for me. 88 points he's got um, this, this week. Um, so he also went Sterling as captain, uh, but he also had Jesus in his team as well. I uh, didn't have Antonio, actually. I was expecting to see Antonio in there, but now he, he, he's, unlike the rest of us, he didn't bench his Wolves defence. He's got Sice, Bolly, and he's got Ender Stevens and Hen Dean Henderson from Sheffield United. So 88 points, all gathered by just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players, because Saka got zero for him, and three Man United still to play. Uh, so that's the top of the table. Um, but, you know, as you know, we, we like to kind of focus on who's done worst in the game week as well. And i got to say, the guy who's come last so far has really earned it. Um, he's, uh, he made his pod comeback last week. It's Andy. And uh, he's got a mighty 12 points so far this season, uh, this week, sorry. And, um, yeah, he's probably not just bottom of our league, but... Bottom of the world, I'd guess, with twelve points. That's. <laughs> I quite, I quite liked his defense. Like going into today, he had Alexander Arnold with one, Gomez with one, Zinchenko with one. So I was really looking forward to Lucas Dean kind of getting a one to kind of finish that run off. But with Dean, Dean, he got booked and he let in three goals, so he got a zero. Um, so yeah, Andy's top scorer. He's got De Bruyne with three and Pope with three so far. Uh, although in Andy's defence, like nearly everyone, he's got Fernandez captain, Martial and Greenwood still to play. So um, it could all turn around for Andy at the moment, but at the mo but if if not, it's not looking good. Andy is such a hardcore man. You found that he's put Danny Ings on the bench as well, the man in form, and so well, he's he's putting the bigger picture above FPL. Yeah, well, he usually backs against Manu, doesn't he? I think he's just got this one of these heady rushes that fans have where suddenly you, from thinking you're the worst team ever, you, you're kind of like, oh, we're invincible. No one can no one can beat us. I'm going to vice-captain Mason Greenwood just because Manu is so good. <laughs> well, that's, his, that's his current thought process at the moment. Uh, nice one. Commiserations to Andy uh, until, uh, yeah, um, Fernandez gets his, his four goals uh, tomorrow night. Um, what about the joint team, Ben? How did we do this week? Looking looking okay for the joint team. We got 41 points um, so far with a um, couple players left. But I think more crucially, we're only 10 points behind Andy in the, in, um, the mini league. And, you know, it's one of our big goals um, to get close to him. So I, I can... I can kind of run through how our team has done um, so far this week. We have uh, Dean Henderson in goal with eight points. Um, Trent and Gomez both played, but obviously didn't keep a clean sheet. Uh, Willie, Bolly and Egan, clean sheets for us. Um, Salah with a blank. Uh, Harvey Barnes with a blank. Uh, Fernandez plays tomorrow, as well as Mason Greenwood. Um, Jamie Vardy, Vardy we captained, which 
looking at our team is so far the right choice. Um, he's on 14 points. And then uh, we have Harold Kane stinking things out with another, another consecutive two-pointer. Harry Kane um, didn't score in the derby. That doesn't happen. Something's wrong <laughs> with him. Something's seriously wrong with him. Yeah, um, and his body language looks really bad too. So um, we have two two free transfers. Uh, we have four point one in the bank, so we can do anything. Um, plays that look kind of suspect to me. Harry Kane, um, Adama Traore, maybe, and Harvey Barnes is kind of what I'm looking at. Any any thoughts? I thought we could try and target either Chelsea or City. So, so I was thinking, yeah, we, we want to target Andy. And yes. I was looking at, <laughs> looking at Andy's team. He's got De Bruyne, Foden, Zinchenko. So he's not got much room for manoeuvre city-wise. So perhaps, I don't know if we can do this, but maybe if we swapped Kane and Traore for Sterling and Jesus, can we afford that? Um, Aren't we worried about... You know, if Sterling and Jesus started the last one, they might be more at risk in this one. I'm a little bit... I mean, Jesus got got withdrawn on 63 minutes. Okay. So, so yeah. I feel like he has a shot. I'm, I'm a little bit worried with Sterling playing the 490 oh. with FA Cup. How about Mares then? If uh, Did Mares Ma- play last week? Mares played 490 as well, um. unfortunately. <laughs> David Silva... David Silver. David Silver. He's got David Silver. David Silver. Yeah, David Silver will play before. I think we'll start. Or should or should we do? We could do Jesus and look at a Chelsea player. We could do Willian or Pulisic as well. Or we could take a hit and do all all three. Do all three? What do you mean? We could do Jesus, David Silver plus Willian or Pulisic for Harvey Barnes. I feel like um, David Silva's a very much a one-week punt and possibly not worth it for three game weeks because he'll just get a, a one-pointer or, or a zero, possibly. Although you've got to expect the last game of the season, Norwich at home, they've got to play Silva for that one, surely, for his final game. Yeah, and to, be, to, be, think... to be cheered by an empty... Uh, the, 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 they'll, turn up, <laughs> they'll turn up the dial on the, uh, the fake crowd noise as he, as he yeah. wipes away the tears. <laughs> well, I, I really like getting David Silva in because it's differential. I think we should captain mm. him too. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what about getting rid of um, Hayden, and who's on our bench, who's not even available, I don't think, and Traore and Jesus and bringing in the two Chelsea talismans of William and um, Pulisic. Oh, both of them. That that yeah. might also like... And we, then... We can afford How would we that fit too. them all? Could we fit them all into... We couldn't fit them all into the same team, could we? We couldn't I'd, play five and the three up front. We, we would play three four three, which I think is okay for this week. Oh, what, and drop Barnes? Yeah, okay. drop Harvey Barnes. Yeah, I yeah. think I like I like Pulisic a bit more than William. I don't, although Williams has, has done really well actually looking at him. Off. Um, the I, problem. The with only the... thing with Chelsea is they've got okay, they've got an easy game against Norwich, but then they've got Liverpool after the FA Cup final. 
So yeah, it's either know. William or Pulisic or one of them plus David Silva. <laughs> the another issue with William is that Jorginho is now back in the team, so he's going to take penalties. I I would assume he would take penalties, or he'd be competition at least for William's penalties. And um, Gilmore's injured, and Kante's injured, so you'd expect Jorginho possibly to to start. Although he has, you know, started and played ninety in a game where they've got thrashed by Sheffield United, so maybe um, the rumours about him going at the end of the season uh, will be kind of, yeah, maybe he'll be replaced by Kovacic instead. Yeah, that's why I kind of want David. I mean, David Silva scored seventeen points against Newcastle at home. He doesn't normally do that, though, does he, Silver? But if we're going big differential, we catch Andy. <laughs> if... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we need to go that big to catch Andy. Or, <laughs> yeah, because we know his minutes will be managed for the rest of the season, right? He had two 90-minute games, then he just played 26 against Brighton. So hmm. Okay, yeah, so he features. Okay, so we're leaning towards Jesus, Silva, and... Pulisic. 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 I think those are good moves. Well, they're fun. They're fun moves. They're definitely fun. A Pulisic's ownership is only about 12%, which is pretty damn yeah. low. Jesus yeah. is about 5%, which is ridiculously low. And David Silva, I mean, <laughs> does he have any ownership? Yeah, it's under 5%, so some serious differentials. Shall we, shall we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Confirm. Okay. Um, who do we captain? And I love the fact that Andy can hear this and to stop it, <laughs> he has to yeah. take hits to bring in David Silva. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's between David Silva or because it'd be a real bluff for Andy to do David Silva captain oh, as well. Or, have you done it already? Yeah, I've ben, already done you... it. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, what about McGoldrick? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's Henderson or McCarthy in goal. Who are they playing? I'd Henderson say... plays Leicester. McCarthy plays Brighton. I'd say McCarthy versus Brighton. But what do you think, Gary? Uh, yeah, I'd go McCarthy. Okay, so we have McCarthy, uh, Trent... Bolly against Burnley, Egan against Leicester, Egan or Egan against Leicester or uh, Gomez against Arsenal. I think we bench Gomez because we already have Trent. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, Egan. And then we, yeah. and then we have our star midfield: Pulisic, Salah, David Silva, Fernandez up front, Greenwood, Vardy, Jesus. I think we've got a, got a captain, Jesus, surely. I mean, maybe Pulisic against Norwich. That, that could yeah, be one of those two. One of those two. Yeah, I don't... I, they're both good shouts. Does Andy have Jesus? No. No, Andy's... Has Andy gone man... We were just looking at his team. He'd gone like Man City defence, hadn't he, for some reason? He's gone... <laughs> yeah, he has Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Foden. Foden could do a lot of damage in that game as well. Yeah, but him and Silver are kind of level pegging, aren't they? Yeah. Similar positions. Ah. What will upset Andy more, I think, is how we should use the decision on (laughs) Captain. 
poor Andy. I think go Jesus because they're in better form and they're playing a bad team at home. So yeah. Jesus, okay. what do you reckon, Gary? Yeah, I can go along with that. Okay, it's done. Let's see if we can catch him. Okay. He, he can listen to this and make moves to try and stop it, but uh, it's going to cost him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a special wooden spoon. It's either going to be a shared wooden spoon, a communal wooden spoon, or Andy's, Andy's wooden spoon on his own. Yeah, we can break the spoon into little pieces if it's the <laughs> joint team. Um, what about captains and transfers? Uh, Gary, I'll come to you first. Mm, so... I've got a similar scenario. I'm looking at that Bournemouth game. Do I want to go De Bruyne or Jesus uh, with my team as captain? Um, I don't know. I think I think it might be a De Bruyne week. Um, and other than that, yeah, I basically got to start extricating myself from all these Watford players who I brought in and didn't do very good. <laughs> uh, You've got to play. Who I left on the bench. Yeah, so it might be trying to get rid of Decore for someone. Like, yeah, maybe Bowen or some some of the. Yeah, I don't. Mm, it's a tricky one. Uh, I haven't I haven't fully decided, but I I, I can't I, I can't still be carrying three Watford players when they they're going for their last two games, which is Man City and Arsenal. Uh, but yeah, Sod's Law. As soon as I take one out, they'll start playing really well. And you've got the triple captaincy to think about as well. Right. Yeah, I, I think I pretty much decided I'm going to save that for the last week, all or nothing, death or glory. It, yeah, and that, that keep could me, change everything. Because if if I if I used it in game week 36 and it went badly, I'd just be like out of the race. I'd have nothing else to look forward to. But if even if I'm 50 points behind, I could always hang on the last week with like this crazy hope. I ha- I have this dream in my head where I'm I'm ahead of Ben by maybe five points going into the final game week of the season, he's already used his free hit and I just free hit in his entire team. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dream I had. Um, yeah, That's good. hilarious. <laughs> just the ultimate block move. Um, ben, what about you for captain and transfers? Uh, transfers, I am weighing up two moves. Um, either... Jamie Vardy, because, I mean, all their injuries piling up and Sheffield United look in good form. Um, thinking about Danny Ings looks good against Brighton or Jamie Vardy for Jesus uh, targeting that Bournemouth game. Um, and he also only played 60 minutes. Um, so those are the two moves. I think I'll, I'll see how Danny Ings gets on tomorrow. Um, other than that, captain, it, I, probably Bruno Fernandes again. Um, we'll see how he does tomorrow, but I do, I do like that Manu Palace fixture, even if it is um, after FA Cup. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Nice one. Uh, for my team, I what are my big problems so yeah i mean i've got ings so that's good um sterling is a bit of a worry with um whether he'll get rested before the fa cup having started the last game 
it was nice to see him being played up front for the last half of that game. He got his incredibly fluky final goal of his hat-trick. Um, but I think now I've got him, I'm going to kind of stick with him. I don't know. I don't really see any big problems for my team at the moment. Um, I know, it's, it's annoying. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of crazy to um, to save a transfer. I think maybe I need to think about Chelsea because playing Norwich, uh, it's just who do I get rid of? Um, because I've got Martial, De Bruyne, Fernandes, Sterling, Vardy, Ings and Greenwood. I think a big problem in my team is Kyle Walker. This week, I, I just benched him because I was assuming he would get another one-pointer in 45 minutes, but he they turned up in the first first kind of starting team and Cancelo wasn't even on the bench. So it's just completely random. But um, bringing in a, a Chelsea defender seems pretty stupid. Um, so maybe, maybe taking a hit to get rid of Walker and bring in another uh, Man City or, or Chelsea player. Um, yeah, and captaincy's either going to be City or Chelsea, depending on who I bring in, I think. But yeah. Definitely not going to save a transfer this week, I don't think. Okay. If you don't follow us on Twitter already, give us a follow at FBLFFFanatics. And if you like the show, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Um, so that just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Gary. Uh, thank you very much, and all hail Mikel Antonio. Thank you for your insight, Ben. Welcome, and um, I'm not enjoying this uh, top four race we have now. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be a fun end of season. <laughs>